Thank you for tuning in to Hill Country Fellowship's audio podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired as you listen today. For more information, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. We're on our uh, our seventh week of our core series, where the last six weeks we've been going through uh, the core values of Hill Country Fellowship, and we're on living on mission today, which is our seventh one. Uh, and Scott said something last week that I love how he worded it. I want to reiterate it this morning that our that our mission statement is leading people to discover their purpose and the joy in Jesus. And Scott said it this way, but our he said it this way. We have many purposes as Christ followers, but our first and foremost is knowing Jesus, is that you know Jesus and that the lost know Jesus. And I loved how he worded that yesterday, uh, or last week rather, and uh, I wanted to reiterate that. So to start our service off today, or start the message, we're going to jump right into the big idea, and this will be on the screens. It says, living on mission, we sacrificially and generously love, serve, and give to others both locally and globally. And you all live in the same world I do, and uh, it's pretty dark. Would you all agree? I mean, there is lots going on. I would say personally, over the last three years, uh, it's gotten so crazy. Uh, and I've only been alive for a handful of years, but the last three years specifically just pop out in my mind. We had uh, a man-made virus, what it seems to, to kill millions of people. It affected millions of people. It put millions of people in poverty. We have corruption everywhere. We have the highest rate of teenage suicides ever recorded. Last year alone, we had 800,000 people die of suicide. That's in the world. That's roughly one death every 40 seconds. I saw this stat, and I thought this was interesting. In 2020, men died by suicide for almost four times more than women. I, I don't think you have to be a, a Jesus follower to hear those stats and, and hurt. Those are Those are sad, scary. It's uh, overwhelming at times when I read those. When I was going through these stats, it just seems like they just continued to pour out when I was looking at them this, this week, prepping for this. And one podcast speaker that I follow that I'm sure some of y'all follow would be Jordan Peterson. Does anybody follow Jordan Peterson in here? Yeah, if, for those who don't know who he is, he's a, a clinical psychologist. And at one point, he was uh, a, a professor up in Canada. And, and uh, long story short, he's uh, He's basically now, he goes around and, and shares in front of large groups. He has a podcast that's absolutely blown up. And, and his main follower base, which wasn't on purpose, it was more by chance on kind of what he was talking about, and uh, what is males, it's young males, specifically white young males. And I won't get into all the politics of that, but society today, you know, some, there's a, a portion of society that says white young males are, are the reason for all of the problems in the world. So he's, be- he's become this polarized figure. And uh, I love him because he's incredibly articulate. Uh, and uh, he basically talks a lot when he's talking to these groups about how, how to be a better human, how to uh, be an asset to the world, how to get your house in order first before you do this and that, and uh, lots of people follow him, and um, so long story short, I saw, uh, oh, actually, before we hop into this video, he isn't a Christ follower, but uh, I would say over the last year, if you follow him, almost everything he talks about now, he's got Jesus or God somewhere in there. He's dropping Jesus' name or God's name, so he's almost there. But uh, I saw this interview with him and Pierce Morgan the other day, and Pierce is, is interviewing him, and the last question he asked uh, Dr. Peterson was, uh, what's one thing you would take away 
from uh, your time sharing with people, speaking in front of crowd, crowds, or being a psychologist? What's one thing uh, that's memorable to you? And I want you to watch his response. It kind of made me stop when I saw this. I mean, you've been so controlled today, and yet in that brief moment, you got very emotional. Why? It's really something to see constantly how many people are dying for a lack of an encouraging word. Mm. And how easy it is to provide that if you're careful, you know, give credit where credit is due. And to say, you're a net force for good if you want to be. Do you believe you're a net force for good? Net? Yes. In all the details? Probably not. You know, no one's perfect. So people make their mistakes as they stumble uphill. I love how he says that you're a net force for good if, if you want to be. And I believe that we as Jesus followers are the tip of that spear. We are the tip of the spear of sharing encouraging words to people. He said, I love how he worded it. It's so easy to do it. It's so easy to do it. And we are the tip of that spear. So what should our response be as Jesus followers? And I'm ashamed to say I'm, uh, I think I've been desensitized by the darkness of the world. I would probably assume that there's a good portion of, of society that would agree with me that we watch shows on Netflix that 10 years ago would have never been a show. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, I, I've noticed on Instagram recently, and maybe this is a thing for a while, but I recently noticed it, that when you're scrolling the feed, there's, a, there's some um, feeds that will show up and says sensitive material. Click here if you want to view. And all I've got to do is press view this to see whatever Instagram deemed I, was, I needed to see that at that point. And, and I mean, it's graphic stuff. And I'm not talking about pornography, which is basically on Instagram anyways. But I'm talking about things like uh, just mangled car wrecks and humans being in terrible accidents. It's just disgusting. And all I got to do is press a button to see it. It's at my fingertips. The whole world has it at their fingertips. And we weren't designed to see that, to intake that consistently. We weren't really designed at all to see that. So how do we respond to that as Jesus followers? Let's hop into the Bible. That's where we're going to start today. Each one of our core series, uh, our core values rather, uh, has some Bible verses that we have uh, connected to it. So we're going to be in Matthew today. Matthew 5 verses 14 through 16. It'll be up on the screens. We're basically going to read through this section of scriptures and then we're going to dissect it a bit. Many of you have read, known, probably even heard a sermon on this scripture. So uh, let's read it together. You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Uh, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Notice that Jesus is, this is Jesus speaking and he says, you are the light of the world. The word you is Greek and it's humice and, it, and it's emphatic for, and it means you alone. So he's saying you are the light of the world. You alone are the light of the world as my followers. And then there's are in there, which is present tense. So you are right now the only light of the world. 
That is what Jesus is saying. And when I, when I wrote it out that way this week, it's made it seem so much more urgent. You are right now the only light of the world. He's saying there's no other options. You are the only light of the world. He calls us to be the light. And the word light is Greek for phos, and it, it, it's where we get our word in the English language for photo. And Jesus is saying, you are to be a photograph of me. You are supposed to be a clear picture of who I am uh, in to, to a world that doesn't understand it. And I recently saw that uh, Polaroid cameras were coming back in style. And I'm going to just, I'm going to sidebar for a second. I could be way behind the trend on this one. Uh, I'm 37 next week, so I'm, I'm getting old. And when I was a kid, yeah, I know. When I was a, when I was a high schooler, I, I swore to myself that I would be the hippest dad ever. I'd be wearing the hip clothes. I know all the pop culture stuff. I know all the words that they're saying. And know when trends are coming back or starting. I'll tell you what, I have forgotten that. I do not care anymore. I've got three kids. I can barely get myself dressed in the morning, get them fed. So I don't, care what pop culture is. So if this came back a couple months ago, I apologize. I just realized yesterday that this is back in, uh, in pop culture. But so what I'm getting at is how many of y'all, Jeff, you could put that picture on the screen right now. How many of y'all remember being on the opposite side of this right here? That's right. That's right. I knew it. I knew there was going to be a good group. We either saw dad or mom or grandma and grandpa on that side of it. And we're in the front of it. And we're either, we're sitting there, what thought of it was an eternity waiting for them to take a picture. And then they would, you know, hit the button, the whole thing comes out. And then they're, then they're, then they're flapping it, right? For what another, what seemed like another eternity to make sure that sister wasn't picking her nose or I wasn't doing something dumb, right? Like we were making sure. And I couldn't help but think that at times in life as Jesus followers, that we are that fuzzy picture to the world, that we're that underdeveloped, uh, that picture that's, that needs to be shaken out a little bit at times. And uh, that's how I see us as, as Christ followers. And this blows me away. In John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And then here in Matthew, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. So if, I, I saw this cool analogy and I'm, I'm gonna use it. It says, Jesus is like the sun, S-U-N, and we're like the moon. And, and the moon doesn't have its own light. And the moon reflects light off from the sun. But what gets, what gets in the middle of the sun and the moon that stops the moon from reflecting light? Anybody? The earth. The earth causes an eclipse. And the moon no longer, shine, no longer shines the sun's uh, brightness. And I think there are at times that we walk as Jesus followers. We become, uh, we become the earth and that we have a spiritual eclipse in our lives where the world gets between us and Jesus. So what is the world? Jesus tells us in another parable in uh, Mark chapter four, I'm not gonna expand on the whole chapter. You can read that on if you want a little bit later, but in the parable of the farmer scattering seeds in Mark chapter four, Jesus is giving a parable, a story to a crowd and his disciples. And long story short, the story is about a farmer uh, scattering his seeds on, on different types of soil. And, uh, and later, after he shares this story, the disciples don't get it. They, they are confused by his story. They're like, what? Oh, Jesus, what does that mean? I don't understand. And, and in verse 19, he says this. Jesus says, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire of other things. So no fruit is produced. In other words, when the cares of this world Choke, uh, come in, it chokes out the word and we become unfruitful and we don't reflect Jesus. Maybe it's the cares of this world. Maybe it's the worries of life. Heck, you probably all worried about getting to church this morning. Who worried about getting to church this morning on time? Anybody? Yeah. Worried about getting your kids fed, getting your clothes on, getting, make sure you have gas in your car. We worry about everything in life. And as Christ followers, scripture tells us to not worry. 
Jesus told us to not worry. And yet I, I worry just as much as a non-Jesus follower. So I, if I can tell you, and I'm telling myself as well this morning, do not worry. Do not worry about the things that we're not, we're not in charge of. Do not worry as if the God of the universe who said, let there be and there was, is somehow not on the throne anymore. Do not worry that the God who created and did miracles back then can't do them now. He absolutely can. So don't live in worry. Don't let worry be a blocker to to the light that you're supposed to reflect. Maybe it's the lure of riches. Notice how Jesus uses the word lure here. I think there's another version of, of scripture that says deceitfulness of riches. He's saying money has a way of tricking us into thinking that the more we have, the happier we'll be. And we see that in, uh, in Genesis in another story, the, the story of Lot. And what happened to Lot? He got in a lot of trouble. Okay, see, dad joke. I thought it was gonna be bad. Jeremy, Jeremy even liked it. I saw he was laughing. So Lot got in a lot of trouble. We all know, some, some of y'all know the story in chapter 13 of Genesis where Lot was Abraham's nephew. And Lot and Abraham had uh, servants and the servants were, were fighting with each other. So uh, Abraham goes over to Lot and says, what's up, nephew? Let's figure this out. We've got to stop this quarreling. So uh, why don't you go to the left and I'll go to the right or you go to the right and I'll go to the left and we'll separate and we'll go our own way. And scripture says that Lot looked up and saw Sodom. And, he saw, and scripture says when Lot saw Sodom, he saw it was green like Egypt. And we all know what happened to Sodom in scripture that God destroys Sodom because of its wickedness and its nastiness. So the lure of riches can absolutely cloud that picture that we're supposed to be of Jesus. Uh, Later in that section of scripture in Matthew, a city is set on a hilltop and it cannot be hidden. The context of this is is Jesus is giving the greatest sermon ever, ever told, the Sermon on the Mount, and he's on the Mount of Olives. And in the distance is the city of Jerusalem, which is uh, 2,650 feet above sea level. So if you're up in, in the city of Jerusalem, you can see the surrounding area. You've got a pretty good view of everything. And Jesus, I think when I read this scripture personally, I think Jesus was probably using Jerusalem as an, as an example when he was saying, a city on a hilltop cannot be hidden. It cannot be hidden during the day or the night. You can see the buildings during the day, obviously, and at night you can see the light shining through the windows of the buildings and the, of the of the windows and the doors of the building, rather. Uh, it's and I'll say this: I think what Jesus is getting to is there's no secret, there's no undercover Jesus follower, there's no secret. Uh, there, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no secret agent Jesus follower. You are to be seen. You are absolutely to be seen. So why do we feel like we need to cover up? Uh, our light. What reasons do we have? I think for for one reason, we especially today we live in a world that uh, it seems like everything you you say will be held against you somehow. It's of a fear of offending somebody. Uh, I think Satan has absolutely crafted things in such a way that he has silenced Jesus followers. Where we can we can meet in those four walls, that's okay, but don't spread that light outside those four walls because we don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. Everyone has a voice, and. Uh, I mean, heck, we saw this uh, a few months ago. I think it happened last or th- earlier this year where we had a coach, a football coach in the state of Washington who after every game went out on the field and said a prayer of thanksgiving on the field. And he got canned for that. The, the, the district fired him for it. And luckily we have a Supreme Court that overruled that and went all the way up to the Supreme Court. And this past, I think a couple months ago, they overruled that in favor of this coach. And uh, absolutely. But this, yeah, I agree. But this is the world we live in 
where he took a risk. If he, I can't even believe it's a risk to pray on a field. But, uh, you know, he was in national news. I'm sure he had a section of people rooting for him, and he had a section of people hating on him. And, uh, and, and that's the world we live in as Jesus followers. We've allowed fear to act as a basket to cover up the, the light in our, in our lives. I love this. Jesus says, be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. And I'm not saying that we have to be, uh, you know, the chaplain at our job or at our school and where we're speaking about every word is Jesus, 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 Jesus. But I'm asking you and I'm imploring you to ask the spirit to provide opportunities for you to share his goodness and his story. You don't have to do it all the time, but that's what we are called to do as Jesus followers. Another, uh, another thing that can cover up our darkness, our light, if you will, is unconfessed sin. We don't, when we don't confess our sins, uh, we can't be effective witnesses for Jesus, excuse me. In Proverbs, it says this, people who conceal their sins will not prosper, but if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. That's Proverbs 28, 13. And mercy by definition is not getting what you deserve. And I believe it's a stronghold that Satan has in our lives telling you that you're the only one. You're the only one that has this issue. So you can't do it. You can't, don't let your light shine. You do this, you do that, you've done this. You, you, you will do that. Don't let Satan sit there and do that to you. In a moment, if you have unconfessed sin and that could be something that uh, is an issue that you have, we're gonna take communion. We're gonna be able to address that right here, right now tonight, or this morning rather. So uh, we're gonna be able to do that together in a moment. Uh, later in, in that section of scripture, the 14 through 16 in Matthew, it says, instead a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. So uh, I love how articulate Jesus is at times. And uh, I didn't catch this until I was reading through the scripture this week where he says, he doesn't just say, instead a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone. He finishes that sentence by saying, everyone in the house. So what house is Jesus talking about? I don't believe Jesus is talking about this house. I believe that this is an important piece. I believe that we are supposed to be serving others in the world, but I believe there's one house before this house that matters more when it comes to the way your light shines, and that's the house that you live in. Husbands, are you leading your wives well? Are you loving your wives? Are you listening? Are you compassionate? Are you leading your children, your, your sons and your daughters in a way that reflects Jesus? Are you teaching them Jesus' way? Wives, are you loving your husbands well? Well, Are you encouraging them? Are you listening? Are you leading your, husband, your, uh, your sons and your daughters in a way that shows them Jesus? That's where we have to start. I believe if we start there, everything overflows from there. If we, if we start there, it, it'll overflow. In, and I'll tell you what, I'll just be the first one to tell you, there's times at night where I, I lay my head on my pillow and humbly, I feel like I did a decent job that day of doing that. And there are times, there's probably more often than not, there's times I lay my head down and man, man I failed today at being a light in my own house. And uh, that's my, my encouragement to you. If that's something that you're struggling with, maybe that's something that's holding you up. Uh, verse 17 it says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Ushers, you can come forward now and you can start passing out communion. When you get communion, you're gonna get the juice. You're gonna get a tray, grab some juice, grab a wafer and just hold on to it for a moment because I'll give you direction here uh, in a second. But uh, that verse says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise 
your heavenly father. The New King James Version says it this way, let your light so shine. Jesus says, let your light so shine. He doesn't say just let it shine. He says, let it so shine. The word so is an adverb, which means to such great extent. Let your lights so shine before men. Jesus said in John 3, 16, we all know what that says. It says, Jesus so loved the world to such a great extent. He so loves you. He so loves me. He so loves a hurt and broken world. He wants it to see, he wants it to be repaired. He wants to see people come to him. If God was willing to send his son to death, could you imagine how hurt and how, uh, how in pain he is to see people killing themselves, to seeing suicide at a ridiculous rate, to seeing teenagers depressed, all of those things. I can't even imagine what the father sees and feels when he sees these things. How much more devastated he is by the darkness of the world. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. People need to see our good works. And I know that scripture says don't do anything in boastfulness and that's 100% accurate. But our faith isn't tangible to a lot of people. They can't see it, especially ones that don't believe Jesus is a, is a thing or, or anything that Jesus speaks of. They can't tangibly see it. So what do they tangibly see? They see our good deeds. Because Jesus says right here, so do good deeds so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. So if you do good deeds in the way that you're supposed to as a light for Jesus, people will praise your heavenly father. So how do we put all this together? How do we put all these things together? How do we be a perfect picture of Jesus if we're still in process? And we're all gonna be in process for the rest of our lives. So how do we tangibly put this in place? I think the most important step, and I touched on this in a, sec a second ago, the most important step is being going to, to Jesus and asking for the Holy Spirit to give you opportunities to share his good news. And I'll tell you, I'm not great at that. Uh, I, I'm a point A to point B person. When I go to the grocery store, I've got a list of things to do. I'm doing it as fast as I can to get home to go on the next thing. Who's with me on that one? That's right. Okay, so my wife and my mother-in-law, who's in the room, absolutely can, this is a gift that they have. And at first I had a hard time grasping on why this happens, but man, they will drop anything they're doing if the spirit prompts them for something. They'll be in the middle of a grocery store. We were eating at a pizza place and my wife goes up to this, young couple right next to him and prays over their unborn baby. And she told me it's because the spirit told me to pray over these people. And they thought she was a looney tune. They looked at her, and, but she did it. And I'm like, wow, I can't even grasp that. That's something that's so, it's, I have to work at that. But for my wife, that is so natural to her. And she has prayed for God to provide opportunities for that. And she does it, she, she obeys that. And we need to continue to do that as Christ followers ask God to provide opportunities, provide that couple next to us, provide us the courage to say something to them if we feel prompted by the Holy Spirit. Ask God to provide opportunities. Maybe it's focused on leading your families better. Maybe that's where you need to focus on this morning. Maybe today is the day that you start doing something different with your wife or wives listening to your husbands differently or reading scripture with your kids. I will suggest this. I'm starting to watch The Chosen with my kids. It's been the most fulfilling and cool thing to watch. My kids watch that 
that, that uh, mini-series and ask a billion questions. And uh, I would suggest that maybe that's somewhere you can start with your kids tonight. Go home, it's free. There's an app for it, it's on TVs, you can watch it. Maybe that's where you need to start. Maybe it's with confessing, uh, or, uh, confessing sin that you, have no lo- you haven't done yet. And, and I'll, I, I don't wanna break it to you, but Jesus already knows. He already knows. So here's an opportunity to own it and say, God, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy on me. Thank you that forgiveness, your version of forgiveness, the only version of forgiveness is I hear it, I forgive you, and I, forget, I forgot about it. Maybe that's where you are this morning. Maybe it's prayer for courage, like I, moment, I said a moment ago. Maybe it's asking Jesus to take us out of our comfort zones so you can be used by him. Maybe it's serving in a ministry. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe it's time to serve in a ministry here at HCF. Maybe it's with Young Life with Brandon. Maybe it's going on a missions trip. But if you're looking to serve and you don't know where that, what that looks like or even what ministry to do, you can easily do that here. There's a, if you have the Church Center app, you can click on the interest form and just click that out and we'll have a pastor connect with you and we'll help guide you to a ministry that makes sense. Maybe it's serving in a ministry. Maybe it's going on a missions trip. Pastor Michael and I were in my office on Thursday. We were just kind of talking through the sermon and, and he said something to me that uh, I loved this quote. I don't know who it came from. It didn't come from Michael. He was adamant about saying that, but uh, I loved this quote. It says, God doesn't want your ability. He wants your availability. He wants your availability. So ultimately this morning, that's what I'm asking. I'm asking for you to be available for the Holy Spirit to use you to shine the light of the Father to people that don't know it. Jesus is asking you to be available. And lastly, I'll just say this, we aren't perfect. None of us are perfect. So don't let Satan fool you into thinking that you have to be perfect before you can start doing those things. That is absolutely a lie and is not true. God can use you to ask the spirit to fill the gaps that you have in your life to move forward. Thank you for listening. For more sermons and full service replays, visit us online at hcfburnett.org. God bless and have a great week.